Welcome to the Wisdom Club podcast, where we talk to inspirational business leaders in our community that inspire us to lead a life full of wisdom and build a business as worthy of our wildest dreams. I'm your host, Leo Chen. I'm a tech entrepreneur, real estate advisor, and investor located right here in sunny coastal Orange County, California. And the goal of this podcast is to expand your mind and share what's possible. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Wisdom Club podcast live. Um, you're joining us on Facebook. Uh, just put the word live here. And so we know that you're watching live. Um, I am super excited today. This has been a long time coming. Um, we are all busy entrepreneurs. And I appreciate Cody May being here with us today. And a quick intro for you guys in case you guys don't know who Cody is yet. Uh, Cody, uh, aside from being a great friend of mine, is the CEO and the global marketing agency of uh, Sheridan Street, a co-founder of the Real Estate Growth Academy, a system that's designed to help real estate agents and teams attract leads, generate appointments, and get more deals um, under contract. And Cody is an expert at paid advertising, sales, and communication, and uh, coaches entrepreneurs on these topics uh, of anything real estate. And his mission is to help over a million entrepreneurs experience passion and exuberant ex uh, energy in both their personal and prof professional lives. And he is the co-author of the Amazon's best-selling book, What If You Could, uh, regarding mindset, business, and blueprint for your life and purpose. And he is the co-host of Studio PTBO Marketing Podcast and the Real Estate Agent Podcast. Cody's ex expertise has been in featuring in it featured in Thrive Global, Authority Magazine, Inverse, CHCH News, Ticker News, Australia, and many other prominent business publications. I can go on and on and on and on and on, but instead, I would love to chat with him and for you guys to get to know him. And uh, he's a lot to share, you know, in life and in business. Welcome, Cody. Thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Really excited to jam with you today. Uh, you know, try to provide as much value as I possibly can, but also just uh, for us to have a conversation today. I'm excited. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing better than a, you know, a live conversation where we can just chat, no editing, no nothing, no fluff. Right. And um, I think the most interesting at the moment here is that you are actually in Medellin, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, living kind of a, a double life or triple life, if you will. So tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that and uh, how you got there. Yeah, uh, Bo. Well, I've been in Medellin now for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, I'm, I've kind of decided a year and a half ago that I was we were going to go completely digital nomad with our team. So we, you know, in the pandemic, it kind of really opened up a lot more opportunity to kind of realize that I'm like, why am I here when I don't necessarily have to be in Peterborough? So I'm like, our office is located in Peterborough, Canada. And I just kind of like, I was talking to my mindset coach one day and uh, we had a conversation about like possibilities and, you know, opportunities and how everything really is endless. And I kind of made a decision that I was going to work on immigrating to the US, work on moving to LA. So I spent the last probably five, six months in LA. Um, and now I'm just like waiting on my visa stuff to kind of finalize so I could be there full time. But in the meantime, you know, I've been to Medellin. I came back to Medellin. I love it here. Uh, you know, Cartagena, I'm going to Buenos Aires next month. So it just like, it was a, a conversation I had with my mindset coach that kind of made me realize that 
I'm like, even though I felt like I was stuck, I was stuck in like, I, I just kind of made me realize that like I could go and do whatever I want. I didn't have to be stationary in one place. And it kind of opened up the possibility where me and, uh, you know, my business partner Vikram kind of said like, well, what if, like, what if we could just, you know, and it's funny because like we wrote a book called what if you could, and it's like, I feel like I'm living that now. Like, what if I could just pack up my stuff and just, you know, travel across the country? Like I could, there's nothing to really hold me back. Like, I don't like, I don't have to be in Peterborough. I love Peterborough, but I don't have to be there. Um, and because of our, our jobs, like we're able to kind of see more of the country and next month they get to see a large portion of my team, which is in Argentina, Buenos Aires. So yeah, we're just on a, we're just traveling through life, enjoying life, you know, hopping from country to country, seeing different cultures, getting a better grasp on like, you know, on life. It's funny. The other day, my team said to me, they're like, we really like Medellin Cody. He's very relaxed. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I just like, I don't know. I just like, <clears throat> like LA here. It's like there, you know, and you know, this being like in Orange County, there's something different in the energy. There's something different in the water that way. And that's why I want to be there. But Medellin, because I, my six month stay in the US is up. This is the second best place I can be right now. Yeah. Sort of, sort of a forced vacation, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, um, uh, I, I was thinking about this quote recently, and I forget who who I heard it from, uh, but um, one decision in your life, one decision can change your whole entire life right now. Totally. One decision. And um, I've, I've been asked a lot lately about uh, my coaches, the coaches I've had, the coaches I have now, and the people that I'm around and all that kind of stuff. And they asked me like, oh, why, what kind of coach do you have? Why do you need a coach? And this is exactly that that reason, right? Like they help you kind of open up your mind where you're stuck, like you think you should, you know, stay in a certain place forever, right? Totally. And just that one thought, like, well, you know, what if you could do this? Like, what would that look like? And then you start thinking about, like, well, you know, why am I stuck in here? It's like a, it's like a, it's like an open door cage, right? Totally. <laughs> you stay in the yeah. cage for however many years. Um, and uh, you you bust yourself out because your brain says it's possible, not because the cage door is open, because your brain says that, right? Yeah, it's all mindset. Like it, it, that's half the battle. Like I, I was doing an interview probably about two, two and a half years ago with a, a CEO. His name is Bradley. And we were doing an interview and he was talking about the three M's that like really help, you know, create change in a business. And or even in your personal life, and he, like one was mindset, one was money, and one was the map. And like you said, the, the, you said it so perfectly about you know coaches. It's like oftentimes, like especially if they've already been where you want to go. Like we share a mutual um, great friend and great mentor, Sharon. Like he has the map. Like he's already done what we're looking to do. Like he's been there. He has the experience. He has the knowledge. He has the map. So it's like let's get around people that have the mindset, like, you know, half the battle again is the mindset. Like it's that belief in your ability to figure things out. And that was a big transitionary period for me and my agency, because when the, when the pandemic hit, we were a video marketing company and we pivoted towards going all digital marketing um, because I had no choice. I lost all my clients overnight. Um, all the video clients dried up because they're like, oh, you know, we're not, we don't really want to do anything right now. It's like, you know, like, it, you know, plus with COVID protocols, they just weren't like, they weren't wanting to make a decision. So I had to pivot overnight, but it like, luckily I went to a Brenda Burchard conference a month before 
And I remember him so distinctly standing on stage saying like, believe in your ability to figure things out. And that I will never forget that moment because that's what carried me through the pandemic was my belief in my ability to figure things out. And you so perfectly said it, it's like mindset. It's like, that's really what mindset comes down to. It's like, just like belief in your ability to figure things out. You're not going to know everything all the time, but it's like, if you just not, if you just don't stop believing in your ability to figure things out, you can pivot, you can find different ways to do things. Um, and that's been a really big monumental portion of like, you know, what we teach our clients, but also with like, you know, what I live by, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a belief I live by. I'm going to believe in my ability to figure things out. Yeah. Yeah, no, to uh, totally agree. Couldn't agree more on, on all of that stuff. And um, I want to just add, you know, I, I was thinking about what you were saying and with, with our mutual friend and mentor and coach, um, I look at it this way and, and I'm grateful for it every night because I sit down and I think about like, what, what can I do? And I'm, and, and you know, our, our ability is only limited by what we can think of our best mindset got us, you know, here this far, but there's, you know, so much road to go so much higher, so much better that we could do, but our mindset could, could, could only imagine this. Right. And I think of, I think of Sharon as someone who is like my second brain, like he's at home in his home, you know, sitting there at his desk or whatever, every morning or in the evening or whatever, doing the thinking for us. Right. Totally. And then he comes and say, Hey, here's what I thought about. And here's like, literally, can you imagine like, not just, you know, limited by only what you can come up with, but somebody else, um, excuse me, also uh, bringing in their perspective, what you never even thought of and be able to be uh, totally in align with what your path is. So that's what being around these people are are, are totally like. And so um, I could not, you know, be more grateful uh, because for uh, up until, you know, last few years, we were just kind of doing what we know and that's it, totally. you know? And so now uh, the whole entire door opens up, just goes back to the quote, right? That one decision to get a coach, you know, it's just change everything. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that a lot of my audience may not know who you are, and uh, tell, tell us, uh, tell us your story, your upbringing, and um, kind of like how, what made you get from, you know, from your little kid in Canada, and you can tell everybody where, where exactly that was, what yeah. was your upbringing like, what were your parents like, because, you know, not everybody ends up here at your age at this time, you know, yeah. being a million, a building a million dollar you know, in revenues, you know, agency and scale your team to, I don't even know how many now, you know, yeah. 15, 20 plus, and then you're international, you're in the US, you're in Canada, you're now in South America, a lot of your, uh, all of people that you're connected with are, are all over the world. So how, how did that, you know, kind of happen, you know, give us the kind of your, your involvement, you know, around this, because I'm sure everybody would love to be able to kind of uh, duplicate that because you're such a success story. Uh, yeah, you know, like, it's funny, because like, you know, there's ups and downs. And like, you, you said it perfectly. You know, and I would I would love to chat about those. Because like, you know, it's like, no matter where we're at in business or life, like we face days and weeks, like I remember texting, you know, and I'll get back to I'll get into the backstory. But I remember texting uh, Sharon three weeks ago being like, man, this is the worst week of business I ever had. And like, you know, it's like, it's not easy. It's not like, there are days where when you're passionate about something, you're passionate about the stuff, like there's days you're going to cry. There's days you're going to, you know, like want to quit. And there's days that like just suck. And there's sometimes they come in weeks and sometimes they come in seasons. 
And, uh, you know, I really felt like we were in a season. I feel like we're coming out of that season now, but, um, my story is interesting for me because like, there's been so many, like it, I grew up in Chatham, Ontario, amazing family. My parents were so, so supportive from day one about whatever I wanted to do. When I was a 60 year old kid saying, I want to be a professional uh, golfer. They're like, you can, you can do it. They always believed in me. And I think that that level of belief kind of gave me belief in myself in order to, you know, do what I'm doing today. But I grew up in Chatham, Ontario, uh, great family, middle-class, like mom and dad are amazing, have a really good relationship with both of them. Uh, you know, even better relationship with my dad than as a teenager. Cause sometimes like as a teenager, you just don't see eye to eye, uh, because you're just dumb while like, you're young and you're dumb. And, uh, you know, your parents want the best for you, but you just don't know how to effectively communicate how you're feeling and they don't know how to effectively communicate how they're feeling. Uh, but you know, that sense has been a lot better and I'm really, really close with my family. When I was like 18, I got my first sales job at a company called future shop. It was a kind of subsidiary to Best Buy. It was all commission. Uh, it was owned by Best Buy, uh, but it was the commission version of Best Buy. And I, like, I had a sales manager at 18. I'd never had a sales job, took me under his wing. I'm like, to teach me, I want to be the best possible salesperson out there. So teach me everything, you know, and I would have, I would walk in with like a notepad and I would just copy down everything he said in order to learn everything I could possibly learn about sales. And usually they do like one to two weeks of training. I was on the floor within a couple of days uh, and I was selling because like, I was just so hungry and like, I wanted, I wanted success. Um, whatever, you know, like success then looked very different than success now, but, uh, I wanted to be the best possible version of myself, even at 18. And, um, I did, I spent, took two years off of school and I, um, I just worked the sales job. I learned so much about sales had amazing mentors, amazing, um, people at future shop ever grateful for them. I still have them on LinkedIn. So I'm a, a lot of them on the Facebook, they, they were very pivotal mentors. I had one mentor, uh, John Malango, who was at 18. He was the sales manager who took me under his wing. And it's like, you're going to make a lot of money here. And, um, and I did in like a couple of years, like as a 18 year old kid, I made a lot of money in commission. I learned the art of persuasion. I learned the art of sales, even though at then, then, and then I didn't really know what that was, but I like, I did that for two years. And like, at the end of the two years, I was like, there, like, I, I think I got caught up in the, okay, now, like now I did this. Now I need to go to college to get a degree. And that kind of, I got caught in that belief system of like, if I want to really make it, uh, I got to go, get, I got to go get a university degree. But I also had this feeling of like, I want to do something bigger than just sales. I, like, and I didn't know what that was. So I went to what I was comfortable with and what I knew. And I grew up in the church. Uh, so at, 21, I decided to go to seminary. I decided to go to Bible college in order to study to become a pastor, specifically helping youth. Um, yeah, helping youth, helping people that, you know, and that's really, I think, looking back at it, like, and I've observed kind of like how I felt in the moment. It was really like, I just wanted to help people. And that's all I really knew. Like, that's all I knew because it's what I knew. Uh, it's what I went with. I got my four year degree in university and um, on my, last year, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. It just wasn't, it wasn't super fulfilling. Um, and I remember sitting down with a life coach who was actually like a professor at the, uh, at the, at the college, at the university and him asking me, he's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I kind of want to go into business, but I don't know how to do that. Like, 
I don't know how to go into business. Like, he's like, what do you think you need to do? I'm like, I guess I need to go get a business degree. But that didn't like that, like didn't spark me because I'm like, I don't want to go back to school. I just finished four years. I mean, I got to go back and do another four years of school. I didn't want to do that. So I, I was still working at Future Shop and then Future Shop uh, turned to Best Buy. And I like I transitioned from Future Shop to Best Buy. They moved me into management. And I just, I went on, like, I'm like, this is the closest thing to business. I'll try to climb the corporate ladder. Uh, so I graduated, I started climbing the corporate ladder and I had a crossroads again in 2018. It was 20. Yeah. It was the beginning of 2018. I had a crossroads. I'm like, I'm not happy here. Like there has to be something more like, I, like I can't like, and I started like doing freelancing work in 2017. I started realizing there was like, you know, I'm like, Oh, I can do marketing. I started learning more about marketing and I was doing some freelancing and then 2018 hit and I looked at my QuickBooks account. Luckily I had a good friend who was an accountant. I looked at my QuickBooks account and I made triple the amount working part-time freelancing that I did at my salary job. And I was like, cause I was like, I was working every day. I would work, I would work as a manager at Best Buy and we go home from like six to like two or seven to midnight or seven to two, 2 a.m. in the morning working on my passion project. And then my passion project, I was working so hard on it that like I had this epiphany one month where I'm like, oh, I just made more money here doing this than I did like at my salary job. And then I called up my manager about a week later and I said, hey, like I, it's like my my district manager at the time, I called him up and I said, hey, like um, I, I, it's time for me to leave. Um, you, know, you know, how long do you need me to stay in order to transition out my store? And he's like, can you give me a month to two months. And uh, it took about a month. We found a manager, man, new manager came into the store, took it over. I transitioned full-time into studio PTBO. And that in itself has that transition. We were a video marketing company. We were building websites in the beginning. We we're doing anything just to make money. We like I worked with some large corporate brands and earlier this year, well, just recently, we like over the last year, we've been working with a lot of real estate agents. So I rebranded the agency to Sheridan Street. Uh, and that's kind of how we got here at where, to where we are today. It's been a, it's been a journey of ups and downs. It's been a journey of crossroads. It's been a journey of a lot of like, you know, tears at moments and like, am I doing the right thing? But um, you know, it's like, I have my eyes set on like a larger vision and that's kind of what's driving me daily. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love that story. A couple of things that really jumped out, uh, you know, at me, but, but first I want to say uh, for those who just heard that uh, what Cody had just said, you know, um, you know, the, the, the tears, you know, are, are really what, what drives us to be better to say, Hey, what can we do better? What went wrong? Uh, we need to just be able to self-correct ourselves. but, uh, two big things, you know, out of that story is, um, really, really made a big impact on me here just now is that say, number one, you were exposed to, uh, to sales and, um, you know, I was exposed to sales late in life, you know, for myself, you were exposed mm -hmm. to it um, earlier in your life. And I wish I had it was, was exposed to it earlier. Uh, my, my growing up was like, well, you know, you go get a good job, you, yeah. you know, you put your head down, you know, you do your thing, you make a good salary. And just like all Asian, you know, parents, they want you yeah. to be a lawyer or a doctor and, you know, spend 12, 12 more years on top of the 12 years that you just did, you know, yeah. in, in um in school and uh, really have no real 
real world experience, you know, of aside from just, you know, professional, you know, student, you know, for, for whatever, 24 years, right? And that's just not appealing to most people, you know, in today's world where things are moving yeah. quickly, we have so much resources. So number one, you were, you were exposed to that sale, somebody took you under your wing. And I love that, you know, you had a passion for it, you, you had there was something, you know, great about it, you studied it, you, you were like, you know, you weren't, you weren't just like, oh, well, tell me what to say. I'll just say, you were like, well, I, 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 I want to be the best salesperson. Okay. I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going to take notes and I'm going to you know do some studying and then I'm going to come and I'm going to perform and I'm going to do my sales. So that's really important because I think a lot of people do sales and don't take it seriously. Yeah. You know, and so 100%. there's holes in their game, if you will, in sales. And, you know, uh, and and so they wonder why they can't, you know, achieve and things like they just don't take it seriously. Every single word, you know, counts everything, how you say it, the tonality, the, your your context, your uh where you're coming from. And and this is the second part that I love about it, is the second part is that you went to seminary school and that part of it. You know, I'll quote Steve Jobs a little bit here because a lot of times what he says is that you cannot connect the dots going forward, but you can yeah. connect the dots going backwards. You can see your dots, how it led you here. And so that second part, you know, was about was about value, it was about yeah. value, ethics, and you know, what are you here for? You know, that that's your value. You're here to serve people, to help people. And that and and you said it right away, right after that, you said, Hey, I just wanted to help people. And so those two things really, you know, kind of lined up. Hey, I have a skill set here yeah. of how uh, how to, you know, promote a product or service or you know, or help our company, help our business and grow. And then hey, here's our here's our core values to be able right. to drive that because you can be, I mean, so many stories, right? Of people who are millionaires and tens and hundreds of millionaires, but have no ethics. Right. Yeah. And so between the two of those is what I love about you as a person from the, from the day that we met, you know, whether it's virtual or not, yeah. that, uh, that I felt that right away. Hey, there is a drive to be excellent. And then there's a drive to, uh, uh, do it with with a, a lot of human um, uh, ethics and value uh, along with it because you cared literally about every appointment that we set, every lead that we generate, and how can we you know uh, achieve you know a high level of growth through that. So um, I want to just thank you for that. Thank you for you know that that story of of being up to this point. So um, uh, so now you've got this uh, uh, business here, um, and so. Like we got a little bit of gap here between yeah. <laughs> that and you know South America business partners books yeah. you know and um and serving you know hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of people you know in their business um how, how now you mentioned earlier it was a coach that that kind of opened your mind about that but you had still had a had a journey to 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 get from there to here in California. To South America, like just just highlight some of the the transitions yeah. and how you felt about it. You know, most importantly. Yeah, yeah you know, I I feel like you know I was saying every everything. There's a season for everything, and I feel like, and I like to look as I look back. Uh, you know, and I like as I look back, I look at the different seasons of my life, and that kind of helped me paint like how I got here. So the first season for me was 
the season of like just realizing that it was possible. And that was like doing the freelancing work. And I had in the beginning, I had two business partners. Um, I had Neil who ran a company called PTBO Canada and I had Nora who ran a company called uh, Studio N. And we, they formed a business called Studio PTBO and it essentially was to share services and they weren't doing much with it. It was kind of a skeleton company. It was registered and everything. And they were just doing it because Neil ran a media company and Nora ran a web and graphic design company. And I came on to help Neil do video stuff in the beginning. So Neil kind of gave me an opportunity. And then as time went, he's like, why don't we, you know, try to go, why don't we try to work with local businesses and get them into video and websites to get them into like a full package. Uh, so I'm like, cool. Like, you know, and he's like, well, let's do this under the studio PTBO umbrella. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I didn't even know that it even existed. Um, because I was working with PTPO Canada, the media company. And he's like, yeah. And uh, so we started doing that, started working that. And about a couple of months in, in order to kind of drive me to work harder, they're like, hey, we'll give you equity in the company. Um, you know, and it was, they gave me equity on my birthday. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, that's sweet. I didn't, like, I was so new in business. I didn't even really, I don't think I really even knew what that was. I'm like, oh, cool. I mean, I own a portion of this company. And they're like, yeah, you own 20%. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Sounds good to me. And it kind of like just had me work harder on my craft because I'm like, I want this to succeed because now I have equity and I want this thing to blow up. So, you know, we were working as like uh, three people, like, you know, doing like uh, web and graphic design, doing video, you know, and then um, one of my really good friends, Bob Govro, uh, introduced me to kind of the marketing world. So he was already working with Taki Moore in 2017 or 2018. Um, and I went to a talking more conference. I was doing some freelancing work for Bob under studio PTBO umbrella. And, um, Bob brought me to the conference and he paid for all my expenses. Um, I don't know why he did this, maybe because I was running his ads at the time, but he paid for all my expenses. I met Taki for the first time. I learned Taki. My mind was blown about all like this world. I just didn't know the database world. I didn't know the pipeline world. I didn't understand the marketing world. I kind of understood sales, but I didn't understand high ticket sales. And it kind of opened me up to another reality. I'm like, oh, this is a, this is a world of digital marketing. And I came back from that conference and, you know, investing at the time, investing with Taki was a little too expensive for me because we weren't making a crazy amount of money. Um, so I hired uh, Kat Howell to teach me how to run ads because I kept seeing her ads online. I'm like, Okay, I want to learn how to. I want to learn how to run ads better. I was already running ads, but I want to learn how to run ads better. So I hired her, worked with her directly, worked with her in her program. I joined her academy. I spent like 15k, and it was interesting because I just had this gut instinct in my stomach that I'm like, we got to learn marketing. We have to learn how to really do marketing on a deeper level. And at the time, we had just gone into a season of like a pain. It was about six months where I didn't get paid. And at the beginning of the six months, I'm like, I know we don't have any money right now, but I believe this is the answer. And I convinced the two uh, partners at the time to let us invest $15,000 into a coaching program. I'm like, I don't know why I feel like this is the right thing, but I feel like you have to trust me here. So they trusted me. They let me invest in the 15K into the program. And that kind of what is what skyrocketed the business because then the pandemic hit the next year. And we lost all of our video clients. I lost all of my brand deals that I was working on, like from a uh, 
and a couple of large uh, brand companies I was working with. I was working on a really large deal with a, a mobile company out of, uh, out of Canada to do run all their ads. And we lost it all overnight. And I was like, oh my God, all I had were these like local business clients that were running ads with us. So I, I doubled down on that. And at the time, Nora had already kind of like phased herself out of the business. And Neil was kind of like, it was kind of me and Neil running the show. Uh, but Neil was kind of hands off because he had PTPO Canada. Nora had some like things that were happening in her life where it kind of took her away from the business. And it was kind of, I was left running the business and we had already folded Studio M, the web and graphic design company into Studio PTPO and PTPO Canada was a separate entity and it was still operating on its own, but we were kind of, we folded the web and graphic design into Studio PTPO. We became one agency and just for clarity, it just made a lot more sense locally. Um, and we... We had a we had a moment where it's like she went off and like had to deal with personal stuff. Neil was still with me, and then Neil, when the book we we launched the book, and when the book launched about a week later, Neil's like, "I think it's time for me to leave." I was like, "What?" <laughs> like I was like at this point, I'm like, "This was probably about a year and a half ago," and uh, you know, they we I bought them both out of the business, and uh, they kind of went their separate ways. And over the last year and a half, so we joined we actually joined Tacky's program in 2021. And I was with them for about 16 to 17 months. And now I'm with Sron and his community and icons and everything. But I was with them for 16, 17 months. And that like, I remember meeting with Bill Barron and we were trying to work with everyone. We had one of our best months of like ever. Like, I think we hit like $160,000, uh, like one of our best months ever. And I was miserable. I'm like, I'm dealing with every single client. I'm doing strategy on every single client. I'm working with real estate agents, coaches, local businesses. Um, I was doing strategy on every single account and we had like a bunch of accounts and Bill's like, this is not sustainable. Like you need to create a systematic process for how you onboard and you need to understand your market better. And I'm like, well, you know, we understand real estate pretty well. I guess we can, you know, if we're going to niche down, we go to real estate. And um, a year and a half ago, we decided to shut everything down other than real estate agents and teams. So we did that. And uh, all onboarding, and then quickly realize I'm like, like me and Jairus quickly realized that our real estate processes sucked because we weren't like one focused, and and it went it took us on a journey of like, then you know trying to figure out how to do this real estate stuff really well, how to understand the industry, how to under how to teach people that are problem aware that they have a problem, how to teach people that aren't problem aware that they have a problem. It took us down a journey. And then I met Sharon through Taki in September of last year. And, you know, Sharon's like, Hey, I have this Facebook group. Like, you know, we should start doing promo on it. I used to run this company called Kingston Lane. I didn't even know who Sharon was. Like, I, like, I, like, he's really big in the real estate community. I had no idea where he was. I'm like, Oh, this guy's kind of cool. <laughs> I'm like, he's just, in a, he's in a mastermind with me. I'm like, yeah, he's kind of a good, he seems like a good dude. And we started like chatting and I'm like, I love this guy. He's awesome. He's so passionate. He's like, we share a lot of the same ethos and he um, he's helped us drastically over the last year, kind of reinvent our product, understand the industry on a deeper level, you know, become a really good friend and mentor. And that kind of like earlier this year, he's like, you guys need to rebrand studio PTBO. Like people don't understand what that is. And I'm like, I don't know what to change this to. So we toyed around with a bunch of names and uh, just in September, September 1st, we rebranded the company to Sheridan Street. 
And the reason we did that was because I, I was going through so many names. We we're going through brand, uh, brain, brainstorming brand names. And I, and I wanted to name the company Sheridan, uh, but it was already taken. So I decided, I'm like, why don't we call it Sheridan Street? And it's an ode to the past because my old office was used to be located at Sheridan Street, 430 Sheridan Street. It also means seeker and Gaelic. And that's essentially what we're doing. We're trying to seek out new conversations for real estate agents. And, um, you know, it was an ode to the past for my, like for everyone involved. And uh, it just feel, I feel like it better represents the type of clients we're looking to serve now too. Um, so for me, the biggest thing though, was the ode to the past, because I didn't want to forget where we came from, but I, I knew that we were a different company together. So every time I think about Sheridan Street, for me, it's like, look at where we've come to get to where we are today. And that was kind of the genesis of like the rebrand. And I wanted it to mean something. I like, I'm like, I'm not going to just rebrand and change the company to a different name. It has to mean something to me because like you said, like what everything we do is so based around like me, like I want to humanize this space. I don't want clients to come in and feel like they're just another number. Like I want them to feel like this is a partnership and we're on the same team and we're working towards building their business together. And like in a, in a space that is so SaaS based and it's like pay this, you know, $200 subscription and get leads. Like I wanted to come into the space and provide a, a service and a solution that where people felt like, Hey, if you needed help, we're, we're going to be there. We're, we're in your corner. And that was kind of like the element that was behind, like where we're now at today. Um, you know, like a lot of ups and downs, a lot, like I said earlier, you know, last three weeks, like, you know, just to be completely transparent have been super hard for us. Um, because, you know, again, like you were just shifting, we're changing, we're trying to make things better. And it's like, but like you said, like, I, I really don't, I really believe that you will not find a team that cares more than we do uh, about you. Uh, and like, I'm just really want to humanize this space. Um, just like humanizing leads. Like, I think that if we can humanize the experience, we can get our agents to humanize leads and stop, lo stop looking at them as leads and start looking at them as like, you know, your grandmother or your, you know, uh, your, your, your neighbor, uh, or, you know, they're, they're a human being. And if we can humanize the relationship that we have with our clients, then maybe they can humanize the relationship they have with like online lead gen. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, I love all of that and all those people out there listening. Um, if you ever wanted a masterclass in pivoting you know, your business, like, you know, talk to Cody, right? You know, uh, because uh, you've uh, just continually to evolve, you know, as soon as something, you know, comes, you really think deeply about it. Like, hey, this is, makes sense. Um, you know, the old ways don't always continue to work. And as we continue on with our economy, our real estate market and the tech market, overall, the marketing, you know, market, you know, the online marketing space, it's continued to, to evolve. And either you find your niche and you uh, evolve with it, and that works for what your core, you know, value is, um, then otherwise you just get left behind. Just like you said, you could have been, you know, just like the other hundred businesses that when COVID happened, went out of business because they didn't pivot. They didn't know how to pivot. They didn't know, yeah. you know, where to go. They didn't want to stick with it for whatever reason. Right. And, and you've done that, you know, already uh, numerous times and uh, it's, 
you know, we become more resilient and you, you get to, you get to do that. You can like, Hey, then the possibilities are open because when you're more resilient, you have more possibilities of which way you can go as opposed to being like something happens. You don't know, you get stuck, you get scared, you shut down, <laughs> you don't do anything. Right. So, so definitely, you know, appreciate that part of it. And also, um, uh, you know, I, I want you to talk, I want you to talk a little bit more specifically about uh, Sheridan street and what you guys offer to uh, the real estate, uh, you know, space and uh, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm, um, I, you know, you and I are in the same, same uh, mindset because we are always looking to do relational transactions, relational, 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 where other people are you know, hey, how can I do more transaction, 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 and forget about the people? And it's very rare for an agency to uh, want to do more relational, you know, relationships, which is what, you know, I love about, you know, you and what you do. It, it, it brings me whole because that's how I operate. It doesn't matter about anything else. If I do the relationship right, in one form or another, in one way or another, and sooner or later, like that turns into you know, uh, abundance for me. And so yeah. the more that I give out, okay, it's just a matter of time of when it comes back to me. And so I think you um, hit the nail on, you know, on the head there with like a driving a relational aspect to our business in real estate for real estate agents, because they're working their ass off and they're trying to be relational, but it takes time. It takes patience. It takes a lot of uh, brain space to like, hey, how can I make this relationship better? What does my client want? that I can give them. Because when you start thinking in that, in that sense, uh, then it's, it's a lot of creativity work that you have to do solving their problems, solving things that they never even thought, you know, possible to get them a home that they never thought possible, you know, um, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so let everybody know, like, okay, more specifically, as of today, how your business works, yeah. who uh, would benefit from your business, and how will they, how can they become more successful in their business by using your agency? Yeah, you know, thank you for the opportunity to chat about this. Um, our agency really looks to work with like full time and real estate agents and teams that want to grow. Uh, you know, that realize that growth requires action and growth requires momentum and. You know, we, we essentially like whenever somebody gets on the phone with us and they're like, well, who do you compare yourself to? I'm like, the closest thing I can really compare myself to is Zillow, but a branded Zillow, meaning like rather than Zillow owning the database, you own the database. Like, you know, you own the IDX search, the, the names, the email addresses, the phone numbers are owned by you. So we generate leads on Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, TikTok. We then, so to fill the funnel, we also have a partnership with an insurance agency that gets us access to verified homeowner data. Um, we then focus also on lifetime nurture. So ringless voicemails, text messages, emails, things we call deal of the week, you know, market updates. We just launched uh, something new called email sprinkler, meaning like, uh, you know, we, you write an email, we send it for you. Um, we're trying to make the relationship as easy as possible for you. Cause we understand that, you know, if you're a full-time agent, like you're on the road a lot, you're constantly, uh, you know, writing offers, you're doing a lot, you know, if you, that's part of the reason why we try to make this a partnership and not just seen as a vendor. Uh, if you're looking for somebody who to partner in your business, then like, that's the type of people we look to work with where it's like, Hey, 
you know, I don't really necessarily have the skills or I don't know how to hire the right people. Um, like, cause like in order to build what we built for you, like it's going to cost you, like you need a full-time in-house marketer and you also need a full-time in-house inside sales agent in order to do what we do. And that's a hundred thousand dollars, like in order to get two really good people. And if not more, the, the in-house media buyer is going to be 75 K like, you're just not going to get an in-house media buyer. That's good for less than 75,000. It's not going to happen. So we, something new that we're doing as well, because we're realizing that like, I've been like, I've been on this journey of like trying to close the sales gap. So something new that we're doing is we're now placing, I, I'm, I'm shifting our company to, to not just do, do full-time media buying, but also to hire, train, retain, and onboard a dedicated inside sales agent for every single client that comes through our door. Some people want to use our call center team. They want to use our power dialing software, which is amazing. Um, you know, we use a program called Vici Dial that allows us to dial leads fast. Uh, but we're placing dedicated agents now that their entire job is to actually dial the front end leads. So all the leads that are generated on Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, TikTok, but their job is also to work the IDX search. So if you have thousands of leads set up on search, like property searches, and you're not calling them, then this is a great opportunity that there's probably money sitting on the table. If you don't have an ISA, at least texting them and emailing them saying, Hey, we saw you viewed one, two, three banana street, uh, do mornings or afternoons work better in order to go see the property. It actually fits your criteria very well. So we train, we retain, we hire a dedicated inside sales agent to call the text, both what we call your front end leads and your back end leads that have been set up on searches that are actively searching for properties. So we're trying to bring everything around. Like we're trying to create a full, we call it a dedicated appointment engine that, that gets you uh, appointments, that gets you live transfers, but also gets you in-person showings now with our new dedicated appointment engine. Um, so whether you're looking to fill the front end of the funnel, meaning like, hey, I wanna have access to eventually talk to more people, we call that pipeline business. Um, and then there's potentially people in your, in your setup and your searches. So whether you're using Follow Up Boss, KV Core, we're now linking all of those programs into our program to effectively communicate so to have the dedicated agent work out of one system, but looking at your follow-up boss searches and then calling them through our database. So we're now syncing everything to essentially help close the gap for a lot of our clients as well. Um, so that's kind of a high level overview on what we do, where it's like, if I could break it down into three things, it's fill the funnel, nurture the leads, have a dedicated agent that actually dials your leads. Now, as far as I'm aware, we're the only agency that places a dedicated agent. Um, you know, there are VA companies out there that do that, but they don't do the marketing. There are uh, marketing companies that don't place dedicated agents. They will generally have a call center team. Um, so we're now, you know, hybrid marketing and VA talent company. Um, something we hire a majority of our agents either out of, out of Latin America. So they speak English and they speak Spanish. So if you're a Spanish speaking real estate agent, working with us is a no brainer because like all of my call center agents are bilingual. So a lot of when agents and teams come to us and they're like, I have an, I have a, a Spanish speaking person on my team. Well, like this is a no brainer for you. Let us help you hire a dedicated agent. Let us run ads for you in English and Spanish and let's dominate the market because I recently heard at the NARREP event. So one of our clients, Judy and Mike invited, uh, invited me to speak at their event. 70% of home buyers from the age 20, from 2020 to 2040 in the U S are going to be Hispanic. 
70%. So if you're looking to grow your business uh, and you're thinking about how do I grow, you need to be thinking about adding buyer reps that can speak Spanish or adding listing reps that can speak Spanish because 70% of your marketplace is going to be Hispanic, meaning they're going to speak Spanish. And it's an untapped market across the nation that a lot, a lot of Spanish speaking realtors I speak to are not even remotely tapping into this market. But in from the next 20 years, it's going to be a market where they have one of the largest buying capitals. And if you're not thinking about a span, if you're looking to grow and you're not thinking about a Spanish campaigns and you're not thinking about serving the Spanish market, you're just going to miss out on massive opportunity in the online space. Yeah, and in and, and big metro areas, uh, just on that on that last point there, yeah. on our big metro area here in Southern California, we're so close to Mexico, so we're a lot of Hispanic yeah. people. If you work in the uh, the San Diego market, like that's huge, you know. So all yeah. the, if you if you live and work in the San Diego market, like call Cody right away, you know, yeah. and and uh, you know, it's to to capture that. And you already know if you live in the San Diego market, you already know there's lots of Spanish speaking, and they're very um, affluent in the sense that they know the value of family yeah. and they know the value of a home. Okay. Yeah. And so they'll do whatever it takes for their extended family to have a home, even if they have two or three generations, you know, of, of family members living in the same home to get started, like they'll do whatever it takes, you know, and uh, it doesn't matter if, you know, my aunt lives in the same house as me, like they're multi-generational, you know, families. And from there, they can build, you know, a, a, a real estate, you know, portfolio, if you will, of homes that you can buy for, okay. um, for your family members. I, I mean, I can attest to that is one of my, one of my mom's, uh, you know, lifelong dream is that all of us kids all own our own home. And this yeah. is one of the reasons that she got into real estate, you know, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Okay. So that she could see that happen and it came true. Like, you know, we all lived in the same house. And then as we left, we got to give, he, she gave us the opportunity and the mindset that, Hey, you can buy your own home. I can wow. imagine some of the people I talk to, they're like, they, they don't even, they're completely given up and accepted the fact that they can buy a home. And that's very sad. That's, that's sad to me because I think every single person can buy a home. And yes. that, if I can speak to realtors really quickly, it is your job and it like to educate the marketplace. Like there are people that don't, that they're like, we, the majority of people get their information from friends and family. And I just really want every realtor listening to this podcast to understand that the vast majority of the marketplace thinks they need 20% down in order to buy a home. They just do. Like it's you know there is, like you know that there are things like creative financing like we know this like we there there is money available to people in the marketplace in order to own a home and it's like this is I believe so firmly in like like you said relational transactions like you owe it to your clients and you owe it to every single person you speak to to look at every single option in order to get them into a home. And if you like, if you enter every conversation that way, where it's like, I'm going to do everything I possibly, and I know you do this, Leo, like if I, like, I need to find them a solution. Like if you go in with a solution focused mindset, you know, it's like, there's, there's for the most part, there's always something that can be done. And if there's not, at least you can point them in the direction of somebody else who can help you help them rather. 
Yeah, and then that's that's really the end game is to help that person, you know. And um, I I get really passionate about this subject because you know twenty percent is great if you have the twenty percent, but in today's world, a eight hundred thousand dollar home, a million dollar home, twenty percent is two hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred thousand dollars cash just to put down on a home. I have people who have you know a hundred thousand, a little less than a hundred thousand. They've been saving it for the last eight years, you know, or five years or whatever it is to get this hundred thousand dollars. Well, if they're on the same trajectory, okay, it's going to take them another five to seven years uh, yeah. to 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 save another hundred thousand dollars. Well, in another five to eight years. Okay, that same million dollar home, okay, is worth 1.4. Now you're just chasing this price point that you cannot catch up with the inflation of how the home prices are going up. So if you really just shot yourself in the foot, right? Okay, as opposed to if you can buy that home for, you know, with $100,000 down, okay, you pay PMI, you you pay an extra $200 a month or $300 a month to have that home. Well, now you're going to earn that $300,000, dollars in equity in your home just by paying a few hundred dollars a month, right? Yeah. That's a hundred, that's a million percent worth it. Totally. And I think people like, you know, real estate agents, like you, you're doing yourself a disservice by not explaining this to your clients where it's like, you know, when you talk about down payment and it's like, you know, they want an $800,000 home, but they have a hundred thousand dollars down. Like you owe it to them to, to speak to them about the options that they have. And one of the best things I was on, a, I was interviewed, I was interviewed on a podcast, Leo, the other day. And I know that you do this really well. We talk often about speed to lead. And um, somebody said to me that how they see speed to lead is speed to process. So it's like, and because uh, like he was, he was talking to his, uh, he was like, give me one second. I have somebody who just needs a chat quick. He's like one minute. And uh, I, I hear him on the phone and he, he's like, uh, give me one second. I'm going to create a three-way chat with us, with me and the, uh, my mortgage lender. I'm like, okay, you, you didn't just hand them your, like hand them your mortgage broker's uh, phone number. He's like, no, I want to make sure that this person I spoke with actually gets taken care of, that they don't get dropped by the, you know, potentially by the lender because the lender's too busy. So I can follow up tomorrow to see where the, where it is. I'm like, that is speed to process. Yeah. The, the part of the reason that people are losing out is uh, I think it was NAR that ranked responsiveness as one of the, I think 64% of people that chose the realtor ranked responsiveness as one of the main reasons why they ended up moving forward. I think it was like 64% of people. So it's like, that speed to process is so important. Like making them feel like you actually give a damn is so important. It's like handing somebody a salt, like a phone number. It's like, call this number. Like, I'm not going to do it. Like I'm like your, your leads, your clients, they're busy. Like they're like, you need to do, if you want the paycheck, you need to do the work to make sure that the process goes smoothly. So I heard that the other week and, and uh, that's that terminology of like speed to process and I was like, I just fell in love with it because I know that you and I chat a lot about automations and processes that I just think that if they just like were to write down step one, I do this. Step two, I do this. Step three, I do this. And they just did that every single time. They would close way more transactions because they would have accountability, not only for themselves, but for the people that they bring into their process. Yeah, I think uh, there's there's still um, a lot to be learned for from the average agent's perspective on how they do that. Um, 
they don't really even have a process. They feel like every single one they have to like, you know, recreate a recipe, you know, yeah. um, every single time. And uh, it's just not, not the case. And, and, and on top of that, they don't even communicate that process with their clients. Right. Oh. A lot of times I'll get on the phone with them and say, Hey, listen, you know, it's great. I know what you you're looking for. I get to hear out, you know, what it is, your situation is, why you want to buy, where you want to buy, how much, and that kind of stuff. Well, every single one of my successful clients all go through this process. Can I share it with you? Mm -hmm. right and then instantly they feel like oh my god there's a process like i don't have to like reinvent everything i'm 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 not you know some some snowflake that you know yeah. that we have to reinvent the whole wheel just to totally. you know accommodate because you know um 80 90 of it is is very standardized you know so um but but the communication is huge you know be able to get the communication <laughs> right and number two they have that process to be able to share with their clients and follow through on it. And you build tremendous amount of trust because you share with them the process and you follow through on the process. You say, hey, whatever Cody said, whatever Leo said, um, it happened, right? So the next time I tell them we're gonna, this is gonna happen, they're gonna expect like, oh, this is gonna happen. So we have so many um, agents that I talk to that are struggling because they're like, oh, my clients don't wanna do this. They don't trust me, blah, blah, blah. Well, you've just completely lost your process, lost your control yeah. of how you can, you know, uh, give the best service and experience possible. So, um, so totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, your company, you know, I understand initially for most agents, they understand, Hey, I want to get leads. How do I get leads? And then once they've gotten leads, Hey, how do I nurture the leads? Because they're not ready right now. How do I stay on top of mine? How do I give them information? How do I give them education? Okay, so that when they're ready, uh, we can take them through the process of conversion. Okay, so yep. those three big pieces, you guys have done an extremely great job on that. Okay, but then now you're taking it in a step forward, a step higher for people who, agents who want to do even better than that, meaning have their own dedicated person that will speak their own language with their own scripts and talk yeah. specifically about how their process works to help you know, clients to get them the appointments. And once you're in an appointment, you're already very warm. Okay. And totally. so you guys are just taking that, that standardized level foundations of lead gen to conversion. And then you guys are elevating that with more of the nurturing aspects with either email text um, or uh, education, or just asking simple questions, uh, email yeah. campaigns and things like that. And then uh, adding another piece of the dedicated um, uh, a calling or ISA is what we call it agent yeah. that will call on your behalf and fully only dedicated on your business and calling people. Exactly. And like, you know, one of the things like, you know, if you were to like build this in house, you would need to have uh, a, a, a power dialer. Now, one of the issues with a lot of the power dialers out there. So we use a, we use a company called Vici dial. Um, so my guys can dial three, four, 10 leads at a time where it's like majority, like, cause we use a predictive dialing system mm -hmm. where majority of lead, like, like phone burner, for example, will only dial one lead at a time. So, you know, when you work with us, especially even with the dedicated ISA, they just, they're going to, they're going to be able to get to people faster than any other phone system out there because we're using a predictive dialing system versus like a, like a power dial. It's a little bit different. Yeah, I, I think uh, all of these pieces take a lot of time. Um, I came from uh, tech originally and have had over 
15 years of experience in it. And it just takes time. Like you just got to dive deep in it. But while you're doing that, you can't do the sales that you normally do. You can't be in two places at the same time. You can't be thinking tech all day long. All of a sudden, you know, go talk to a client and and all of a sudden switch your brain, you know, to doing that, that switching, you know, is going to just kill you because you're not going to be able to do enough sales. And so you guys have taken, you know, away all of that, you know, heavy lifting, you know, to a extremely you know high degree you know of of excellence and all the systems that's needed because if we add up all the pieces that's involved like we would that completely lose count right so um cody i want to thank you for all your time here today um and sharing your story um i think a lot of people will get a lot out of that as um, we get into uh, more more and more people who want to build their own business and how to actually do that. Um, uh, we're going to put in, you know, you're on social media and all the uh, regular channels, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, yeah. put a comment down here. If you want to reach out to Cody directly, I'm sure she, he'll, he'll be able to, you know, get back to you right away. If you want to know more about Sheridan street and all the services that we talked about, please reach out, reach out to me. If you want to talk, I'm happy to, you know, we can even do a three-way with Cody and talk about yeah. experiences and what, he, what he offers. Uh, but as always, uh, we want to close out by sharing a quote that uh, Cody um, uh, has got for us. And um, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what that quote is from who and uh, what that means to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I went to a, a Brendan Burchard conference right before the pandemic and uh, there was a bunch of quotes, but this quote for me meant so much. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll read the quote. And I'll tell you why at the end of the day, our li- at the end of our lives, we all ask, did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? Um, this quote is so important to me because I think that we get so caught up in the day-to-day of running our businesses uh, that we don't stop enough. And I'm guilty of this, even myself, when things feel like they're on fire to ask myself, did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? And if we just ask ourselves that question daily, I just find it puts us in such a totally different mindset and framework for our daily lives that it's like, it kind of alleviates a lot of the, the, the worry that we have where it's like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, when I'm facing what I feel like turmoil, I feel like I'm facing hardship. At the end of my life, I'm not even going to remember this. What I'm going to remember is, did I live? Did I love? And did I matter? Um, And that's, you know, really important to me. It's like, did I live my life to my fullest? Did the people around me know that I loved them? Uh, Did I show them that I care? And did I matter to them? Like, you know, and the only way you do that is through relationships. So, um, you know, at the end of my life, at the end of every day, specifically at the end of every day, I try to think that I lived, that I loved, did I matter? Um, Cody, I just can't say enough. Uh, what an example you're setting for everybody um, in, in our network and beyond. And um, I absolutely think that you have lived a, a full life at such a young age. And uh, I love you, brother. And uh, you matter to me. And I, um, I look forward to uh, talking to you next time and kind of see what the next evolution of you looks like and um, catch up with you another time. Likewise, friend. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye, everybody. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure that you subscribe to receive notifications of all new episodes and please give us a positive review. And if you want to hang out with us live, check out our YouTube channel where you can continue the conversations with me and our guests.